Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. Welcome back for part two of my chat with Mitch. Let's get back to it. So grab your drink, sit back and relax while we finish our chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Who's had the biggest impact on your career? Oh, I'd say be multiple people. Yeah. Uh, mostly, most uh, recently, uh, the business coaches, uh, Christopher Moore and Mike Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been very influential. Um, Peter Baxter was one of my mentor surveyors at Lamb Tolls Office. He's actually one of my best mates. So he's the best man of a wedding. He's in Tamworth and we fight more than husband and wife fight, but it's, um, it's open. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, geez. Does he still work in surveying or he's? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah, on the board okay. of surveyors. Yeah, okay. So he's um, the values thing. We've got the shared values. That's, you know, we yeah. Want, yeah. <laughs> we, we just got different ways to get there, I think. And I think <laughs> we're both chucking the same cloth. So now it's good. It's, it's all pretty good that way. Um, oh, look, geez. I worked Lance Oz office, so Barry O'Malley and Neil Ryan and, and Graham oh, Wallace. Yeah. I think they're they're pretty important. Yeah. Um, the um, John Hawkins and Ray Mullins at the Crown Lance office in in Wagga. Um, Jack Higgs and John Island, Maritime Services Board. Um, there's been some people I've worked for who uh, have been influential, but probably not in a good way. Um, but you know. Actually, looking now, being a business owner, I've got to, got to cover them some slack. So they're probably doing the best they could, knowing what they know. Mm. Um, so, you know, Brandon uh, Crippen and Bath Stewart, those guys were, you know, they were doing innovative things when, when uh, and still are, don't get me wrong, the guys, I still mates with the blokes there. Um, and it's interesting working for government too. Like, I worked for Temple Regional Council for a short time, and, mm-hmm. and some of the senior staff there, I, um, I think it's actually hard to be in some of those bureaucracies trying to be a leader because um, you've got an elected um, officialdom. Uh, the council's there, they've got, so you've got to deal with their needs and what have yeah. you. So, yeah. Wilton Boyd, who was the city engineer, he didn't have much time for surveyors, but I actually got to know him a bit later on and um, could see that, you know, it was a struggle at times. So, mm. I've got to cut him some slack that way. Yeah. So, um, you know, all these people put some effort into me and so I think I'm duty now bound to uh, pay it forward, look after the next 
bunch of kids that come to my care because I'm hopefully they'll do the same thing as well because end of the day we're all the we've all received the gift of time yeah so I just need to give these guys time and you know pass on what I know mm. and that's this worry with all these fellows and surveyors retire that's 40 50 years of experience walking out the door Peter so I know that's, that's where why it's I... important your stories yeah well that's that's why you know it was really good speaking to John because he said that you know he's still doing his own little thing his own little jobs and you know helping other surveyors out here and there but still managing to do you know some mentoring and bits and pieces yeah. for companies and stepping in and, and helping them out because they don't have the time mm-hmm. and it's like you know that he's one of the good ones he's he, yeah. he's he cares yeah. he's passionate he wants to give that knowledge on he's got the time and that's what he's doing now so you know i yeah. think that's yeah. really good that you get people like john that that do take the time to do that to help others out so. yeah i agree with all that and mm. the fact that the institution the amount of time he puts into that and yes uh, a lot of those guys uh, it's a big demand i know what anyone who volunteers to be honest with anything mm. it's uh, it's time away from your family and yeah and uh, um but then if it's not you who's going to do it so and yeah. we're all the product of people putting a lot of unpaid hours into things yeah. like what you're doing is unpaid mm-hmm. and uh, you know this is what you'll be known for peter as a, you know, all the incredible stories you're getting you're capturing and putting out there <laughs> i don't think i'm that special like you know but Nobody I just does. see the stuff in front of me. I just see the stuff <laughs> in front of me and just deal with it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Everybody's just in their own little, their own little world, their own little niches, doing their own little thing that they don't get a chance to see, hear, speak to other people. So, yeah. hey, if I can help, that's well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so the mentors, going back to the mentoring thing, just yeah. now thinking about it, the ones that really get a lot of uh, time. Uh, I felt with the influential ones, the ones that, because I was always asking questions, why are we doing it this way? Isn't there a better way to do it? And and people would be like, just do what I tell you to do. I said, no, I'm not doing what you tell me to do. I tell you, tell me why. Why? Why am I measuring yeah. this thing in feet and inches and metres? Because it turns out he, he, he always transposes numbers. I said, well, that's no good. How about you just check the numbers twice of that? So I was giving helpful suggestions and getting them out, copying mouth melody replies just shut up and do what i'm telling you <laughs> but <laughs> it was a, it was like an old day of me arguing with him he's just been told just shut up and get them do the work with you um but we great mentoring was, there <laughs> years later for seven years we sat in the same room at past year and uh, and i was the engineering guy and he was the planning type guy and we punched out a stack of good work and he'd ask me questions about so i'd tell him what i think and i'd proofread his his reports and it, Sometimes I'll be stuck on, a, on an engineering thing. I said, look, just, just listen to me while I talk about this problem, like about stealing basin or something like that. And he said, look, look at it this way. And um, he said, but don't ask me the mathematics. I know you'll figure that out. And I said, hang on, that's just the fact I've talked to someone about it. So you, it's not just so much the mentor, it's the, the, um, that the relationship where you can actually go and, because we're both trying to do, stuff that wasn't normal it was yeah uh, like a he was doing a major project in in west wyland it was a it was a whole poultry complex it was 
the breeding farms, the, the laying farms, the, the, the packing sheds, the, mm-hmm. the feed mills, and, and, and I got stuck with the wastewater and the roads and drainage. And, and um, yeah, we're looking at thermal installation properties of, 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 of um, panelling on the, on the the buildings just try, you know, we're trying to get energy savings and looking at the heat banks at one stage. And, you know, that was, that was probably enough, yeah, just one of those good jobs to work with as a, as a, as a team. So, mm. um, so yeah, he'd have to be the one who's given me the most, mainly because we spent more, the most time together with each other. Um, and luckily we had a boss who allowed us to do all that type of work too, because at the end of the day, the client thought we were at B. So, yeah, so, um, and that's where we love find a client who enjoys your presence on the job and how you add value to it. So Yeah, it means yeah. a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. What's the best work advice you've ever heard? Well, I don't know if I've got one. What's the best? What about the worst then? <laughs> <laughs> Do what you're told. <laughs> Uh, no one's actually given me. I can't remember anyone telling me to to to. Nah. Look, the the best advice came from the business coaches I employed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I'd be in a uh, wound up like a tight spring, and they just listened to me vent in an incoherent manner until all the thoughts around my head. Like one day, Mike Lake and it was my second coach because Christopher retired. I just was in this awful funk. And um, and he stood in front of a whiteboard and sat on the wall of my office and he just started putting peppering words, all the words that, were, that I just spilled out. Mm-hmm. And he just sort of joined it all up. And I looked at it and I said, he said, that's all out of your head. That's what's in your head. Yep. And all of a sudden he put some form to it. Um, and my problem is things swirl in my head for a couple of days before when my wife says, what do you think? I said, look, I need a couple of days before they start coalescing and, and uh, then I can articulate. I, that's, that's how I sort of process things. I mm. need time sometimes. I'm not a very good off-the-cuff dinner speaker. I need to sort of think about things. So Mike, Mike's, <laughs> uh, Mike was the and ability, and Chris were, had the ability to, to guide me in a way that I... Uh, um, it would I've never achieved if I did on my own. There's no, and the non surveyors too. They were both had uh, farming backgrounds. So Christopher was a um, was a salesperson, had run an insurance company, and Mike was the founder of the Cotton Research Institute and Ag Times, and, and uh, we, we all had a love for the regions and. Uh, but they had they had the experience that I hadn't been able to come across before. So, um, and that's what I'd recommend to any young kid is is to go off and find some outside someone outside the profession initially, if not get Michelle or someone like yeah. that, um, and pay them. If you don't pay them, then you don't appreciate the time that you're putting in. Otherwise, you know you, you just so if it's got to be twenty thousand a year, you'll find you'll get $100,000 in value back. I yep. remember one of those sessions, I just, it just changed everything. But it could take two years before you actually get to that because you've got to, you've got to remap your mind to be open to, uh, to, to these things. And, and unfortunately, the profession hasn't 
been good at the soft subjects like HR and marketing. And we've been very good in accountancy because mm -hmm. that's our background. We're, we're, we're good and, um, and that's so, um, yeah. So my best advice has come from my two business coaches. Mm. What's the worst thing that's, or worst or funniest thing that has happened to you while you've been surveying? I'll get bogged. We're in the get middle of nowhere. Tumbarumba. <laughs> Tumbarumba. Um, gee, uh, so oh, this this F one fifty was bogged to the axles, and we had another one pulling it out, and then the the winch broke on it, and then we had these railway sleeves were just dragging down the mud, and you know, yeah, the mud sucks it up. We spent hours doing this. It was like. Got out at eight o'clock at night. There's mud everywhere. We just drove to the nearest pub and just bought. It was in winter too, so you can imagine what it was like. Oh, so. freezing! <laughs> so we just bought some scotch. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it was it was pretty messy after that. Uh, that was covered that from was head pretty, to toe in, uh, in mud too. <laughs> yeah, I was only twenty-two or something like that. I was in the first year of uni. I loved it. I was just great fun. And, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, getting bogged is one of those occupational hazards, flat tyres. I mean, too many snake run-ins, maybe because I walked too fast and they just avoid me, but uh, certainly one time I was open the door and the kids were we had. I swung out and all, just as I put the foot on the ground, there's the snake right below me and I just pushed, swung myself in between the doors and the, and the frame and landed on the bonnet. <laughs> just one. One action was graceful. I thought, is that how does that happen? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. um, got abused by a farmer down near Corindai. Um, we were working for a, a mining company. They wanted all the Crown Roads marked for public roads. And a lot of mm -hmm. these marks, uh, roads didn't have any fencing and, and I had traps back and forth. And I, and I didn't bo hadn't bothered getting approval or, a, you know. So this farmer comes racing over and asks me what I'm doing. I said, I'm just, looking for boundary marks and and then he's firing off he got he's like a going off like a frog in the sock and i said to him hey on aren't you such and such as dad from school because our two boys went to the same school together and i've i just stopped him logging no. his tracks <laughs> <laughs> and then then he realized that uh, that I, uh, anyway it just that was enough of a short circuit and 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 then in the end i employed his daughter as an environment my first environmental scientist uh -huh. And she ended up doing a law degree after that. So, oh, oh, sorry, wow. a medical degree after that. Oh, geez. And, uh, yeah, that was funny. I it wasn't, and the, and the young fellow I had with me was, was a trainer. He said, How the hell did you do that? And I said, You just got to let him vent. And, yes. Um, and um, we've done a quite a bit of community um, engagement work for poultry farms or wind farms, and, and they're really quite fun if you can keep your. Um, control of your emotions and just let people uh, talk about what their concerns are. Though the old adage that give them enough rope, they'll hang themselves. Well, that's exactly what they would argue back to at the point of origin and almost con con contradict themselves. Yeah. And, you know, and then sometimes someone will come up and says, Any jobs for me after or for my son after this thing gets up and running? And so people can be contrarian. If, and, After and, I've just and, had a go at you, can you employ my son? <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> it's great fun. Oh, people are a special breed, aren't they? That's for sure. I know, I know, I know. I know. And, and if no one makes decisions based on analytical. Um, it's, it, otherwise, we'll all be driving iron dies, wouldn't we? But you know, <laughs> the cheapest cars, the best cars. So, no. Mm. Oh, sorry. Well. Anyway, so it, it's it, it, it's that's the fun part. I do enjoy sometimes getting. Uh, yeah, and the latest one we've just done is for a feedlot for a farmer, and he can't understand why all these rules are in place. So I said, because you guys don't have any rules, you actually think how hard you are as a farmer. You're actually one of the protected species out there. Mm. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and the rule, the rule, the farming lobby is a bit funny too. It's um, it's quite powerful. It's uh, like poor old Glenn Turner. Glenn took the job I had at Brown Crippner, and I, know, I got to know Glenn over the years, and he was the Poor fellow got shot by Turnbull up in Moree. Um, ah, so we, yeah. we all went to his funeral and that was a lot terrible, of emotion wasn't about it? that. Yeah, mm. and then blow me down. About six months later, we got a phone call from the solicitor for the Turnbull family asking us to get involved with uh, a law, an environment um, court case where the government was taking the court on on the legal clearing, and I just yeah no, I can't do that one. Yeah. I've been in foreign court a few times, but the local guys there's too too the community's polarized and we they, and they do a lot of that type of irrigation work and, and like a lot of regional communities, they're multidisciplinary and so um, yeah, so that was a, a one to a good one to avoid. Um, yeah. Um, mm. so that's you do have to be careful about it can inflame. You've got to read the mood of the person you're talk, dealing with. Sometimes it's better to walk away. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I, uh, fortunately, we have a pretty good relationship with the clients we've got. And if it's a new client or it's going to be contentious, I, I get I get right involved in that one because I, I really try and work with the landowner and find out what their drivers are. Yeah. Um, one job we had for Tamworth Regional Council was survey 50 kilometres of pipeline uh, from a dam to the water treatment plant. Now, this thing we put in the 50s, the easement hadn't been acquired. Um, in the original agreement, the offtakes from the pipeline was supposed to be um, all, the, all, the, all the landowners who had a pipeline on their property could have a service pipe off this thing, and they would actually do some chlorine treatment up of the dam. And over the years, the council engineers decided, no, that wasn't good, and we need to cut that off. And all these farmers were all right. And I'd, I'd come onto the site, and geez, I'd, for an hour, I'd just cop it. Yeah. And that was in the 90s. We did it again 10, 15 years later. And um, they knew we weren't council people, but we were acting for council. And mm. so you'd have to, and I'd say to council, listen, your problems out there are deeper than you think. But you need to leave the office and go and talk to these people. But Too no, they employed some, yeah. some project consultant, $350 an hour. And, it, and there's millions of, and I said, this is ludicrous. I mean, I mean, I'll have endless cups of two of these people will solve the problem, but you've got to engage them at a, at a, at a personal level. Yeah. And and we, we don't do that enough. And that's, mm. some always get out there and always dealing with problems and solving it. And a lot of it's human problems as well. It's not just the mathematical ones, no. logistical ones, it's people problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I found that when I went and did my job out, out bush, 
that um, you know having to get access to spots and just by knocking on the door and having a conversation with them instead of you know yeah. picking up a phone and, and having a phone call when you actually can speak to them face to face it's like having your zoom meetings and stuff isn't it that you, yeah. people can tell what yeah that you know you're genuine and you know yeah. you're not going to do anything that's your, going to affect them it's just yeah they're in your body language they want yeah. to know are you the real deal yeah that's right and they can smell falsehoods a while, mile away oh yeah so. definitely and, yeah. and we embrace that our regionality, our regional. Uh, you know, we understand the regions. We are all country kids. We understand how the place ticks. We'll yeah. respect you. We know that the, the stresses the projects are under, and because of that deep knowledge, we will make sure your project comes through. And yeah. that's what we've engaged Kia to do: really push the fact that we are we are um, here to give you uh, minimise the risk in your project. Employ us. The project will have a higher risk uh, chance of success because yeah. we're involved. Yeah. Mm. Buy into that. I've got similar backgrounds, whereas they've been bit the, the coastal firms or firms who don't really want to live out here in the country. So they might like you, Peter, because you know you know you understand that if you're not going to live in our communities and be part of it, well, why should I invest time with you if you're not going to invest time with us? No, so that's fair enough, that's, isn't it? And that's fair enough. So yeah. Um, so that's the that's our focus in our company. We are we are here to service inland regional New South Wales. Yeah. And that means traveling 10 hours to do it because the clients trust us better than someone through four four hours from Sydney. Well, so be it. Mm. That's fair enough. So yeah, that's that's the brand messaging we're putting out there. So mm. that's that's my elevated pitch if, to you. Uh, engage us and we'll work hard and it's not just physically working hard sweating and you know driving long hours it's actually we'll hard, work hard to make sure your project is completed yeah. whether it's hard conversations or uh, pulling other people in or thinking laterally but or getting different gear we'll, we'll make up make sure we get your project across the line yeah and that's what they want to hear isn't it yep yep yeah I don't know how that tied in your last question. I'm sort of forgotten what it was. Oh, no. The, the, uh, <laughs> the, the questions kind of roll and then it's always, we just, it doesn't matter who I'm speaking to, we go off on another tangent. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as people are still happy to listen. <laughs> be entertaining. Don't be boring. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Mitch, what motivates you? Um, uh, look, to be honest, I can't stand being bored. I need <laughs> just, I'm just too curious. I'm too curious for my own good at times. Sometimes I just wish I could be just a truck driver, I could sit there and drive trucks all day and have six stubbies at the end of the day. But I'll pull over and say, geez, look at that. Let's stop here and have a look at this. What's that sign say? I wonder what they're doing this for. <laughs> What's your name? What do you do? Oh, my daughter hates going down the main street with me because I find everyone interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so a five-minute um, trip takes an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah, the deadline and that. So mm. I just, I'm a, um, it was described when we had a session, the value session, we actually, uh, we talked about a whole stack of things and, and the, and the uh, facilitator said, all right, boys, everyone, I'm going to 
tendrils is, is, is very mixed. Um, he said, you got to understand, she said, you got to understand something about Mitch. Mitch is the foil chaser. So when the bits of aluminium foil come, and he said, geez, look at that. That looks interesting. Let's go and chase that for a while. <laughs> I have not heard that before. <laughs> And, and then she pointed around the room to a couple of me and said, you like doing the same thing day in, day out. You do not change. And she's like, yeah. oh, no, I love, I love stability. I just yeah. want to do the same thing. And she says, that's good too. You need both. You need someone who's a foil chaser and someone who's not. <laughs> oh, it would just be, life would be boring if we're all the same, wouldn't it? So when, when um, with my wife, I, uh, I, I said a couple of things. I said, look, I can guarantee one thing. It will never be boring. There'll be, I'll always have something <laughs> on the go because I can't help myself. <laughs> so she asked me one time, what am I going to do when I retire? And I said, I don't know, go back to work. Because rose gardening and golfing don't seem to be... Look, I don't think there's anything as intellectually stimulating as doing what we're doing in our profession. Yeah. I looked at all the other professions and I just can't see the... Like accountancy or... Being a council yeah. engineer, or I just, she shoot me now. I just couldn't do it. Yeah, just couldn't do it. I just, um, I love designing, love building things. I love solving problems. I, I love being outside. I love talking to people who are doing it. You got ideas, want to do stuff. Yeah, let's make this happen. You know, mm. this. Oh, you know, it's, I probably should just focus on being a coal miner and earn quarter million dollars a year or something like that. But geez. <laughs> I just, God, I couldn't do it. It's just so boring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too curious, man. Good. I'm too, I just like challenges. I like trying new things. And I like being on a team, the team environment. I love that too. So. Mm. What kind of doggy you got? Uh, it's a Bitzer. He's <laughs> must be a cat outside. <laughs> <laughs> you want a dog? I'm happy to give it away at the moment. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> it probably... Big. I'm sure it probably wouldn't like living in suburbia. <laughs> um, speaking of your wife, how did you meet her? Uh, through my cousin. Because okay. um, I'm hopeless with choosing life partners. So I know <laughs> uh, it was funny. She, she'd been bitten once before as well. That She didn't have a child out of her relationship. But um, we're both fairly reticent about... Um, uh, you know, future life partners, and yep. I sort of took the view I need to raise my son, and then I'd something would happen. And anyway, it didn't happen like that. It happened because I went to my aunt's 70th birthday party and um, uh, or barbecue. It wasn't a real yeah. party; it was just a get together. And and Angela's my cousin. She's one of her best friends were there, and and before and they're, they're all trying to set us up, and it actually worked. So. Oh, um, see. So I was sort of going to think the Indians might have it right, to be honest. Was, they sort of knew our personalities and knew what would work and what wouldn't work. So yeah, um, yeah. Everything so. happens for a reason, doesn't it? And not usually in the way that you want it to. Well, what was surprising is that uh, she's a Roman tourist girl who lives in Newcastle, and, and all her friends were taking bets about how long she lasts in Tamworth. So yeah. seventeen years later, so nice. Good yeah. honour. She must love you then. Yeah. <laughs> She's very tolerant, Peter. <laughs> oh, and look, she parachuted in the black blokes world. So it was it was Angus and I and uh, yeah. football and sport and barbecues and 
she taught us to eat fish and so um, <laughs> you know, diversified our food and our, uh, and yeah, become the mother that he didn't really have too. So she, that's nice. I'll think about the evil stepmother. She uh, essentially saved that boy, I think. So, and uh, yeah, the old joke that I raised the child is that all sort of barely, barely is the word I'll get told. <laughs> but, but he's good. He's um, he's married. He's got a uh, uh, three-year-old, and another one's on the way, and awesome. they live in Tamworth and that. So he did the army for four years. He's yeah. not academic. Mm-hmm. Uh, never read a book in his, in his life. Uh, very much, uh, very good with his hands, and so yeah. that was a challenge for me as a father to a son who's. So we've got these mixed mismatches in our, mm. in our um, strengths. Yep. Uh, but we've we've got a shared passion in rugby, so um, we connect in big time that way. Mm-hmm. And the importance of family and you know, the community as well. So um, yeah. Uh, that uh, he actually came work for us for a while too. And the boys all said he had the makers of a surveyor and he liked it. But by that stage, he did finish a, a carpentry trade and he, he worked in the mines there for a while. He's now at the change jobs as well. So, um, so I'm very fortunate the family's living, you know, that's in Tamworth right. as well. Yeah. And that's what I want to make sure other kids have too that um, we can produce. Yeah, as, as the world changes and uh, automation happens in, in some of the industries you've got, that we were able to create new jobs in, in the regional centres, not just mm. in the cities. So, yeah. you know, we look, oh, at, I can... we look at Badgerys Creek and say, well, that's going to be great. Who's, who's going to be able to afford to live in Sydney when the median house price is a million dollars? Oh, that's ridiculous. So, mm. yeah, where's that equity of opportunity? Where's the equity for... Um, young families to to have security of, of tenure in their own home. Yeah. So yeah, I know there's a big policy setting that needs to be looked at there. Hmm. Yeah. Don't hold your breath on that, I don't think. Yeah, no, it's a bit sad. It is. It is. But I can definitely see why you're so passionate about, about uh, the regional communities and stuff. Hmm. So... What's your guilty pleasure? Uh, uh, rugby, beer, dark chocolate, ever. Ever. <laughs> I'm a child of countdown. I don't think Ten dollar gang, ACDC, ever. <laughs> I mean, those two girls and ever, you know, you're, you're a 13 year old, you, that was so exotic. It was. <laughs> oh, boy. My cousin was a big ABBA fan and we used to always go to their place and and we'd end up in her bedroom doing some dance to an ABBA song. <laughs> Dancing Queen. Yes, it was. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> uh, look, I, I've got a bit of, I started a bit of music and actually they very, those two boys are very clever, Benny and Beyond. They, the music is actually very... Um, nuance too it mm-hmm. wasn't just the normal three chord progression it was they were doing amazing stuff as well so um like i'm not in the mamma mia musical i think that was a bit grade but oh yeah but the uh yeah it, it yeah. <laughs> growing up in the 70s and also early 80s too i uh so going to, going to sydney was a real opener for a country kid like i uh-huh. was so it's, um, you know, this is the hoodoo gurus and Midnight Hot oil. Meal, my favorite. You know, um, 
geez, hundreds of collectors. Yeah. And nothing. I've got all, I've got this uh, uh, mix that I play on the you know, through through Bluetooth, and I'm just cranking out all those these Aussie pub classics. Yeah. Which doesn't happen as much anymore, you know. It's um, but I still like to listen to modern stuff. I um, yeah, I can see, easily sit down and listen to the Triple J's Top 100, and um, so yeah, the. Yeah, I find this too. A lot of surveyors actually got a bit of a musical inclination as well. So the old eight chord, it's a yeah, it's all bass eight instead of bass six or bass ten. Um, so I just like it. It's just yeah, and I like reading reading as well. So okay. I'm reading a, a I'm reading a book at the moment about uh, it's actually it's actually quite depressing. It's about the settlement of the New England district in the 1830s, 1840s, and what happened to the Aboriginal population. Um, yeah. And we did some work on the Mile Creek massacre site. We worked on the drainage and the septic system. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a part of our history as surveyors that we probably need to address because um, we're at the forefront of all that. Right. So, so the, the, uh, the history on that. Uh -huh. um, yeah, that that part I'm, I've yet to see any anyone write about the role in in settlement and what we did as surveyors and and I know we recorded a lot of stuff historically, but you know we're all part mm. of that that frontier wars and and what happened there. But and I've employed quite a few Aboriginal people um, over the years as as well, and and. Um, um, it's interesting just hearing this sort of, and I've got family married into Aboriginal families. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, nothing's clear cut, and 15% of our population is Indigenous in, in Tamworth. So okay. when I ran, when I was, we started pushing the uh, the Tamworth University thing, we started, we had, last year we had a lot of focus groups on the various industries, and I insisted we engage the Indigenous community here to. Mm -hmm. Because we need to recognise their culture uh, as a valid culture, yes, and so that we can capture their language, capture their culture, capture the way they look at land landscape. So uh, there's a fellow here in Tamworth whose name just escapes me, and listen to him talk about landscape and the stories and that. Now I've studied everything about land, water, yeah. geography, yep. Uh, yep. science, chemistry, all that agronomy. Um, and this actually, this fellow turned it into a narrative, and and I think we've got to start looking at landscapes in that phrase, not just in productive units. I think mm -hmm. I think that's how we're going to get up better at managing the quality of our land and ensure that it's you know it's still around in a thousand years' time instead of just being something that let, that that will you know get us to the end of the five year cycle and not go back to the track the tractor. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, interesting. Stan Grant's got a very good book. It talks about his family's upbringing, um, and uh, and when you drive around the landscapes, you see things like Poison Waterhole and Surveyors Creek, and you know the history of it. So why does that name come to that? And, and you know, Frontier Wars is <laughs> we're still seeing the evidence of that now, mm. but we don't talk about it enough, and um, and we have to talk about it in a way that. We actually can move forward with it as well. Yeah, I so. think I think that's the biggest thing with all of this is acknowledge what has happened, learn from it, 
and be able to move forward together. I think that's a massive thing and and listening, listening and bringing them in. I do find it really funny how, um, you know, you have all these, these things being decided for the Aboriginal people, the Indigenous people where it's, they're, they're not involved in it. Well, it's not going to work. They have all these, you these yeah. Are you just you're just going? You're making these decisions, but you're not actually including them in the conversations. Doesn't make sense. And it's not, and it has to be on their time. It's not white fellas' time. It's their time. Mm. And mm. it is a culture that's old as Hades. It has to be respected. And mm. but if we do it right, it's we're going to unlock a lot of potential. So I, I admire that Mitch Tembo. I don't know if you, everyone knows about him, but he's a, he's a kid from Tenworth. He's a singer. Okay. Um, and he sp- sings in Kamilaroi. Now, language. Now, we've all been taught how we should all have learned Latin because that's an understanding of European mind, yes. the, the mind, and Greek, ancient Greek and Latin and that. Yeah. Learning someone's language gives you an insight into their culture mm-hmm. and how they understand their their, their community groups, the landscape, um, and, you know, whilst as the ways we learn about physical geography, we don't learn enough about social geography. No. And, and that would be, so if you're a German linguist, why couldn't you come to the New England and learn, uh, do a master's degree in Camilleroy or uh, Wiradjuri down mm-hmm. in Griffith and Wagga? Well, did so, CSU have actually got a degree? Yeah. Well, that was Stan's Grant's father did all that. Oh, okay. So he put all that together. Right. So, so that I think, came from him. I think possibly the year, so I graduated from there in 2015, I think it was. Um, yeah, it might have been 2015. And I went down for... Um, the ceremony, the graduation ceremony. And I'm pretty sure that they were the first, that was the first group to go through that whole new degree that they were creating on the languages and stuff. That's Mm. right. Yeah, Mm. Yeah, they're amazing. Amazing what that family has done. I've got nothing but admiration of what that family has has done for Considering, if you can ever get, I've got somewhere, but if you ever read his book about, uh, or anything in Stan's writers worth reading. Yeah, right. Um, so, um, yeah, I try and read, okay, yes, I'm supposed to read all these management stuff, but if yeah. I read stuff that's off the reservation that, that you know, and, and uh, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a story. We're driving around central west uh, New South Wales and we went past a, a monument, some, I think it was Mitchell. Thomas Mitchell, and I said to the fellows with me, as a fellow from Grindai, he grew up in the mission there, and I said, "What do you guys think about all these with these what mon- these monuments to explorers?" He goes, "It is what it is." There was no anger, which surprised me. I'd be really pissed off, and they're just accepting it. I just think they're the most uh, uh, accepting, not accepting, but tolerant people in the, on the world and the planet. You know, yeah. just considering what we've done to them, I think they're just amazing. Well, we can't yeah, change what we can't change what has happened. That's but what we can said. help we can help 
change the future. We can yep. mold the future yep. to include everybody. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, anyway, so that's, uh, mm. uh, I saw it in, the, in the book, and the, in the, it's all, it, it was the appropriate book because of all the stuff we're doing with this, this, this campus we're trying to get going. Yeah. We're, yep. we're actually going to get funding for as well. So, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so that was interesting. Flew down to Sydney, uh, Canberra, met with uh, Dan Toon, the Minister for Education at the time, and um, Mark Colton and Barnaby Joyce, and mm -hmm. and we were all getting told why we can't have ten million dollars. And at the same time, um, there was uh, Jackie Lambie was basically blackmailing the government to give one hundred fifty million dollars for Tasmania to have the Housing Commission debt wiped free. So. <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> So I just slapped the tail and I got stuck into these two, these poor policy guys from Dan Toon's office. Who, <laughs> I didn't know. I said, you know, it's all right for you guys who, who are living in Canberra or Sydney and that, but what about the kids up home who, who will never be able to afford to go to university? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. it's, um, and it's not just you, it's TAFE as well. It's it's start with funds. There's no, no sort of pathway forward there either. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Don't go there. <laughs> well, that's where we need I industry know. needs to come forward. Industry, yes. because otherwise you're just a whiny bureaucrat. Yeah. So industry, that's what they unsaid. So industry has to get off their backside and go and complain. Mm -hmm. So what they do, they ring up Michelle and ask Michelle to go and complain on their behalf. And that's where I I, I sort of threw my lobbying with the ACS because I could see that was better at better able to handle the lobbying part of things. Mm. I just did get too cranky with them, where she's a bit nuanced about that. And others were, you know, poor roles that I got a hand at turn. They were quite masterful. But um, it's interesting where uh, I was at the early stage, stages of that uh, uh, in the uh, demand study. So we did similar things in the poultry industry mm -hmm. years ago about what's the value of the poultry industry to, because this is a big poultry area and we did a lot of poultry yeah. work. And, yeah. And uh, one of the, uh, Michelle's predecessor, Veronica Bondaroo, I, I would have them in the office. I said, look, we did this in the, the poultry. I think I think we should do something about what the value of the swaying profession is to the state of New South Wales. And um, she said, well, I've been thinking of the same thing. So I ended up talking to the consultant, but end up, um, they end up down in in Canberra, because I was on, when I was at UNE on the industry advisory panel, the Rex Kleinkronk's grant, one of the conveners, had mentioned about there's a parliamentary or Senate inquiry into in the, the skills shortage in um, at, at the federal level that the study was at. And I mentioned that Veronica, she got a gig with CRN and just CSN had just been created. It's, that's where you needed the national body of yeah. ACS. Yeah. And they and she said, then they come across, um, uh, uh, goodness, I've forgotten the name of the, the consultants that they did the work for, but they end up engaging them and they've done a cracking job on the demand study. So. It was a bit of scratching around, finding the money at the at the start to get the um, um, first version of it out. I think Victoria did so well as basically did it on their own. But, mm -hmm. but everyone in that, those two states, like institutions, ACS, country surveyors, regional groups, they all put money in. And then when the other states saw how good it was, they all just jumped on the bandwagon. So yeah, I think of course. <laughs> now, I can tell you now, that has an impact. So... People like Craig Roberts in New South Wales, he can then drop the big fat document on the front of his boss's desk and say, look at this, there's a need for surveillance. We need to get into this. 
it's not just about Mitchell Peter talking to some guy in the back room. It's about the big fat document that justifies the, the, the half an hour meeting. Mm. That's what how you get policy settings changed. Mm. You got to do the research. You got to do the grunt work. You got to do the the interviews and then pull it together. And Veronica put together a lot of it. The um, the uh, anecdotal evidence. So she interviewed me, and uh, we're all supposed to be anonymous. But you know, I sort of knew who she would interview, and they were the vignettes that went into the the, the, the narrative, the emotional hooks that backed up the, yeah. the other thing. So that's. In the way, it's manipulating people for for outcomes that suit ourselves. But that's what you got to do. That's yeah, that's what has. Because everyone else is doing it. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't do it, you're not going to get anything, are you? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, we're just about through my questions since we are getting away on time. <laughs> Happens all the time. <laughs> Be three episodes of this, right? I was going to say, you surveyors don't want to talk and then I can't shut you up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you one word answers from now on. No, it's all good. I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Okay. So relaxing, is that reading your books and things like that or it's your rugby? Oh, Family, rugby, yeah, yeah. anywhere, anywhere that can switch my mind off from work. Yeah, actually, not work, just switches my mind off. So mm -hmm. um, holidays Maybe. away, family. The best Maybe. holiday we ever have is Fiji, where I, no one knew me and no one could contact me. Yeah. So mm -hmm. um, that'd be hard for you to switch your mind off, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, I wanted to go in villages and end up checking out how their septic systems work or how <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do farming over here. Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> this is just too interesting to give up on this. And my wife said, can't you just lay around the pool and drink pancakes? I can't do it. I want to go to the tour in the kitchen and see how that works. <laughs> um, look, okay, um, science fiction. Um, I don't know, uh, you know, Doctor Who, stuff like that. It's I know it's Blake's Prince around in Wales and, and around a cardboard box, but Stargate, that type of stuff, sometimes just switches me off. Uh, it's, uh, or it's book reading. But, yeah, yeah, I can't handle Star Wars or Stargate. Um, those type of American stuff can sometimes just be just too up the top. But the Pommy stuff, I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. Well, you would have grown up with Doctor Who. Yeah, for well, Doctor I, Who, yes. I did. <laughs> the TARDIS. Used the to scare the hell out of me as a kid. I I was no, no, the Daleks, the Daleks, yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch it for a while after I had nightmares of spiders because one of the episodes had all these little spiders just running yeah. out of something I can't and yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, would you rather have a get out of jail card or a key that opens any door? Oh, the key that opens any door. Mm. Me too. If you see a puddle on the ground, do you walk around it, jump over it, or jump in it? I get a stick and play with it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I want to see, I just want to experiment with it. <laughs> That's the first I've ever had of that. <laughs> yeah. 
if you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, oh boy. Oh, unlimited energy. Just to, yeah, I, I, I only stop when I run out of puff. I just want to, I want the ever battery just to mm -hmm. keep going. Mm -hmm. The older you get, the less of it you got. Oh. It annoys me no end. I know. I have some days where I just get up and then I think, oh, I just want to go and lie back in bed. <laughs> <laughs> just forget about everything else. I don't want to do anything. Uh, yeah. And look, if you have more energy, I can then cope with more stuff too. So some days, like I've, I've got a few coffee shops. I'll just go to coffee shops where no one else goes to or no one that I know or know me will go to. And um, usually out in the industrial parts of Tamworth, and yet still people I run into. <laughs> <laughs> you probably know everybody up there anyway. Oh, you? yeah, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> At a party, where could someone find you? Um, oh, that's a good question. Um, at the barbecue, mm -hmm. giving advice about how the steak should be cooked. <laughs> or footy, talking about footy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. Because because they've all been learnings. I was going to go to Darwin after Tamworth, but I, but I ended up being stuck in Tamworth. So, um, like the first wife, I shouldn't have picked her, but I got a great son out of it. So, there's there's positives out of every negative. Yeah. Um, and actually, maybe a better person in the long run. So it's yeah. been a torturous route, but I wouldn't have the practice I have now unless I'd gone through that. Yeah, so, I agree. Miserable at the time, but fantastic because of it. Yeah, similar similar situation for me as well. So. Do you regret your decision becoming a surveyor? No, not one bit. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. There's not a better profession in the world. I agree. All right. We're going to do our quick shots. Finish it up. So all I want, all, all I want um, which it's not going to happen because everyone always tells a story and that's fine. Yes, no, hot, cold. See how you go. Okay. <laughs> Tea or coffee? Tea in the morning, followed by coffee an hour later. Oh, my God, we're so similar. <laughs> Cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. Summer or winter? Both. Mm -hmm. So, uh, roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Absolutely love them. Three items you would take to a desert island. Uh, oh, a box of matches, a pocket knife, and a can of diesel fuel. Because <laughs> you know how to use all three of them. <laughs> There's probably 10 other things I should take, but. <laughs> What's your favourite um, book? Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, favourite book, geez, that's hard because there's so many. The best. Uh, fiction I had was Noah Gordon, the physician. Okay. And it was about a fellow, a kid who grew up in about the 11th century in England who ended journeying to the Middle East as trained as a doctor. And it's a historical uh, epic, I call it. Yeah, right. Uh, and the best non fiction was uh, the history of the English speaking peoples by Winston Churchill. Mm, interesting. So, yeah. 
Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Probably, I'm an introvert, actually. Mm -hmm. I only do things because people ask me to. I don't go looking for it. Mm -hmm. Is your glass half full or half empty? Full. Half one full. thing. One thing you'd never do again. Probably drink it as much as I have as a kid. As, as a... <laughs> I think we all say that. Need to learn to pull up earlier. Has <laughs> <laughs> been some pretty messy day afters. <laughs> yes, I think we've all been there. <laughs> if you had a warning label, what would it be? Ah, yeah, my daughter-in-law believes this. You'll never die wondering. Mm -hmm. What was your favourite subject in school? Oh, maths, very closely followed by engineering science. Engineering science you had at school? Yeah, really? It was, it was a physics type with materials and so forces and structures. Okay. Uh, That's pretty cool. How we, how we got the mark I did, I do not know, because the teacher also had the two-unit A-month. So that was like the, uh, the woodwork, carpentry type kids. Uh -huh. There was four of us doing engineering science doing, and he just gave us worksheets. So we'd sit there teaching ourselves how to do forces and structures and <laughs> um, uh, ductile strengths. And yeah, mm. I, I, it's, it's a practical application of physics and, and a bit of chemistry. Well, yeah. I did chemistry as well. I regret not doing history, but, uh, and I did two years of English and I struggled with English because I didn't understand the tricks of the trade. So um, I remember sitting there in the English exam reading and said, what's the subplot of prejudice? And I thought, subplot? There was not even a plot that there was just some woman talking about some crappy family situation. <laughs> <laughs> and that would have been okay. I didn't realise that there was, so I got as many marks in one unit of general studies as two units of English. Yeah. Because uh, I used to, I was mad, I, was, I read all the papers and I was mad on, on um, just knowing about stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was sitting and read the Sydney Morning Era front to back. So I got stuck with my mother, stop by on the the, um, uh, the Daily Telegraph and get get the big big paper because they had more stuff in it. So I used to read it every day and I could write about any any general topic because uh, um, I found that more interesting. More interesting, yeah. 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 And it wasn't until, and I struggled with essays and and uh, it'd take me three hours to write a two-page essay because I just couldn't get... No one said about the tricks about how to do that. Mm -hmm. And even yeah. through uni and, um, and the board exam wasn't much on report writing, so to speak, but I had a fort I was fortunate that I had a client who actually took me under his wing, uh, particularly when he found out I was a single parent. He actually taught... So two people did. Ralph Kitson taught me to write a professional letter, the first boss after I got registered in Tamworth. And then Peter Pulley taught me how to write to the next level. Mm -hmm. um, and he was—he actually went through Sydney University as a, as a um, ag, Bachelor of Agriculture and uh, was an ag scientist with um, Soil Conservation Service. And But he'd done land development and, and whatever. And so he taught me how to write a letter and talk about, put all those platitudes in. Thank you for your time last week. It was very much appreciated. And, um, um, so I got better. And when I did my master's, even my friend said, oh, your level of communication got better again. Yeah. So 
it took years for me to get better at all that that type of thing. But you just had I just kept throwing myself back out there, and, and that's one of the things that Mike Logan said. I like how you actually expose yourself to your vulnerabilities, and because that's how, to me that's the only way you learn. That's how you learn. Yeah, exactly. Just try again. Yeah. Fail. Keep failing until you get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's your favorite food? Uh, steak. Favorite drink? Uh, water, really. Okay. Yeah, but I do like gin and tonic, and rum and coke, and beer, <laughs> <laughs> and a shiraz. Just a couple. <laughs> You imagine what my trips away are like, and so I yes, always take photos yes. of. Because my wife will serve, serve me. I said, "What's this, love?" She said, "This is it's chicken, chicken salad." I said, "It's too tough, tofu, isn't it?" No, no, it's chicken. Don't you try that again on me. <laughs> oh dear, tofu. <laughs> What's your pet peeve? Um, victimhood. People who complained about oh. won't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, then I make it worse by telling them that they need to get their act. I would not be a good GP. <laughs> I've got a friend who's a nurse and she's very straight down the line. She tells you yeah. how it is. There's no, yeah. no pussyfooting around. It's just. It's actually, that's funny. All my mates are, who are the female mates are all nurses. You know, they're caring, but they're matter of fact as well and yeah. quite, quite smart. Mm. So they won't take crap from anyone and oh, oh, there's a lot of clarity there's no, they don't pan around stuff you just have a conversation and you know exactly where you stand with yeah yeah mm. exactly uh if you were an animal what would you be mm, probably an elephant <laughs> i'm methodical and i get what i get there eventually fair enough and uh, I've got a long if, memory. <laughs> okay, remember. So, if you're a politician who's feed me off, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> I don't know how, but somehow I will. Somehow, somehow. Uh, if you were famous, what would you be famous for? God, pass. I've got no idea. <laughs> famous for? Not, well. Oh, you could, this could be anything. <laughs> What are we famous for? <laughs> Where do you get these questions from, Peter? <laughs> Making you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Some people want to be oh. famous. Some people oh, think God. about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's I, okay, here we go. Calling yes. call you crap questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> I do like um, the, the bombs and, and uh, yeah, you know, what, what type of question is that? I just like paying out people for, <laughs> I love Americans. We've got some American friends. They've got no idea. I, 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 you know, our, sarc- our level of sarcasm is just below the Irish uh-huh. and the way we just bag each other out. Oh, yes. You know, yeah. And these poor Yanks have got no idea. The poor buggers, I just feel sorry. About I've got to pull back. This is like, it's like sticking, <laughs> it's like sticking a, um, Putting a stick into into a pig and just watching it squeal just for the fun of it. I shouldn't do it, but I might have another go. But yeah, but we keep going. <laughs> I wonder what these what these thresholds are going to be reached. 
Let me just keep prodding and see how far I can go. <laughs> Uh, what's the first thing you notice about someone when you first meet them? Uh, oh, what's the first thing? Oh, I look at their shoes. <laughs> what does that tell you about them? <laughs> tells me a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> you know, pride and appearance. Mm-hmm. Wealth. Um... Yeah, you can be, yeah, just like we're always taught you sort of have pride in appearance and and and, and it's nothing, it's just, yeah, it's a pain. Oh, and tattoos, I don't like tattoos. And I'll get a good over that. Everyone works to get over that. Everyone's got a tattoo now. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, what's one item you could never live without? Mm. Books. Mm -hmm. What makes you smile? Um, family, family and a happy workplace. Yep. Are you organised or are you messy? Yeah, I'm organised, yeah. <laughs> My wife's the messy one. <laughs> she's a list person and she's got a list because she can't. <laughs> anyway, there's a whole story there. Let's stop there. It's better yep. we stop there. Yep. Next question, moving on. <laughs> what would you do tomorrow if you didn't have to work? anymore oh we do something with the rugby club mm -hmm. oh as in what tomorrow physically tomorrow or retire tomorrow 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 if you didn't have to work um, tomorrow what would you do oh probably like, uh go go the, go go and get a good go to a nice coffee shop um and then drive around the place and annoy people <laughs> Okay, what's your biggest strength? <laughs> Never giving up. <laughs> what's your best feature? Um, I'm pretty loyal. I'm fairly, I'm very loyal, in fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what's yeah. your biggest... I, I want to see people do well. Oh, me too. Me too. What's your biggest fear? Um... Not having enough time to, to do the stuff I want to do. Um, and that's probably because dad died so young. Yeah. And unrealized potential. I say that to my son and I say to everyone, don't, everyone says, oh, you got plenty of time, you know. I said, no, time is precious, don't waste it. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a crack at something, have a crack at it. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, then move on to the next one. So don't, don't value your time. Mm. And, and you know, don't come to me five years later. So I should have done that then. We'll do it then. Don't yeah. do it. What's your proudest moment? I think getting through the degree the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, that was there was a lot going on at home and at the family, and um, and uh, yeah, there's still flowing effects from that. So yep. yeah. It wasn't a happy home life at home, so just getting that under the belt was pretty. Was pretty yeah. That was pretty special. Yeah, mm. that's cool. Morning or night person? Oh, can I say also having children? That's really, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. Um, oh, probably. I I I used to be in a period where I used to study a lot at night, and then you know, 
you get a big chunk of five or six hours and you just look into it. But after, I can't do it. So I'm more a morning person. Mm -hmm. At awesome. age 42, it just went. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And <Then> 48. <laughs> I just see these drops in energy levels go down. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, mine's going on a slow scale down. <laughs> so all those guys you reckon they're effective when they're working at 70 or 80. I think you're joking. You can't be. You just, you might be, oh. what, three hours of the day, maybe? Oh. That's what worries me. I mean, I want to, I want to stay effective and energetic. Mm. And so I now got to watch what I eat and exercise and all that type of stuff because, you know, the resilience is not there because I'm no. getting older. So. Sucks getting old, doesn't it? Sucks getting older. <laughs> <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you? I'm about a five. Five, okay. Because I've got what a 12-year-old daughter. There's no way I'm the coolest guy on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the guy who cracks all the crappy dad jokes. Threatens <laughs> to get out of the car when I drop her off at school. <laughs> Give her a hug in front of all her mates. Do you, have you got Facebook? You know, there's an actual uh, there's an actual page on Facebook that is about for dad jokes. I get one read to me every night. Oh. <laughs> oh, fantastic! <laughs> oh, the eye rolls. Her eyes, her eyes are like packing machine. Bloody machine! The way she rolls her eyes all the time. I think. At, at that age. Too. Mm, oh yeah. At yeah. that age, yes, yes. But she's so much. She's my wife says, oh, God, she's you to a T. Like, one day I got a phone call. I was driving through the M7 in Sydney on the way to Queanbeyan, and, uh, and Bill said, look, I'm helping Isabel with her um, homework. I just don't understand this. And it was all about um, subtraction of the negative numbers. Anyway, Isabel's got the right answer. She knows why she's got the right answer. Bill said, I can't understand it because my wife's a marketer. She's one of those yeah. left brain. Right? She's she's about people and you know, mm -hmm oceans and that Madora and I are very analytical and we're just gonna look at each other, we just know exactly what we're thinking. <laughs> anyway, I spent probably 20 minutes trying to explain how a negative to is tracking the negative number to Bell and um and she said cool going anyway I said can I talk to Isabella? There you go. Here you go. Isabella, please do not take any advice from your mother on mass. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, English, that's fine. You know, yep, forget about for that it. stuff. Okay. <laughs> she said, what am I going to do when you're not here to teach the math? I said, she'll be fine. She YouTubes it, whatever, you know, it's, it's okay. So don't, don't fret. She'll be oh, okay. Isn't Google and YouTube just wonderful? Oh, yeah, yeah. I might actually learn about least squares. Oh, yeah, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's your dream car? Um, Hilux. I actually know the dream car is a 300 series Toyota Land Cruiser, which yeah. means I'm going to destroy rainforests and dolphins will die and, and all that type of stuff. But... It's a dream. It's a dream. You can dream. <laughs> I'll probably end up getting a Tesla, Tesla Ute. Oh, God. And I don't know how that's all going to work, to be honest. I, I know. Uh, we, we, have, we have real problems with infrastructure. We've got to have it will be rolled out, but I can't get my head around how it's going to all work. Um, electric trains is the other one. Andrew Constance has got that plan in the fleet. I can't see how the four loco uh, train going up the, 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 the main west at Lithgow is going to work. 
mm. electric, just purely just electric, well, unless they're going to electrify the network, which won't happen. Um, yeah, anyway, mm. no. Favorite color? Uh, blue. Blue. Apple or Android? Android. Can't stand Apple. My wife's an Apple fan, but I, yeah, no, Android. Mm -hmm. What star sign are you? Aquarius. Oh, there you go. So am I. Now, what's that mean? <laughs> I have seen some similarities there. Okay, right. Not completely, though. Not completely. Now, maybe I'm in the cusp. Of, of which one? Uh, uh, Pisces, I think. Pisces? Is that what's come after? What comes yeah, after? Pisces. Mm, that makes sense because I'm the other right. end. Okay, which is yes. what? Which is Capricorn. Yeah. Right on the cusp of that. Anyway, right. hmm, interesting. <laughs> you need to write a report on all this. And... I know, I know. <laughs> I will one day. I will. Yeah, I'll get there. <laughs> People think I'm crazy. Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but then you're not boring. And that's, no, that's, the worst, the, that's the worst fault of all is to be boring. I agree. Totally. Do not be beige, Peter. Be, no. be anything with beige. I'm definitely not beige, that's for sure. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Um, before we go, I usually get people to sprout their social media, any causes or anything that they would like to get out there and uh, raise Headspace awareness. Headspace is something we, we, we mm -hmm. uh, fundraise for Headspace at the Rugby Club. Mm -hmm. And having a few people we've sent off for counselling, I highly recommend that. Yeah. Um, so we raise about $10,000 a year for them. Fantastic. Um, covid Oh, COVID destroyed everything that way. Wow, well, yeah. I have to get back into it. Which soon they need more people, they need more resources because of COVID too, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, look, you know, uh, before that we used to we support Ronald McDonald House, but um, yeah, Headspace is the main one. Um, so we've been involved in a few things over the years. Uh, We've all got a bit older in our joints and we've been working away so much, it's been a bit of an ask for, but, um, we've got guys involved with junior league and, and rugby at work. And uh, in fact, I don't care what they get involved in, we'll help them as much as we can. Yeah. Um, so as I know, as I said before earlier that us um, have got school sets that the community needs. Mm -hmm. We've got good organization schools and, and basically cut through the crap the times yeah. and we also don't stand back compliant yeah so um yeah don't have any time and coaching junior kids as well so um because someone's got to do it so yeah yeah and hopefully others will, will take on as well mm. and in terms of the company it's um handlandsconsulting.com.au and same facebook and um and uh linkedin and insta mm -hmm. um, well there yeah, so yeah. Well, those socials. Are you? I do. <laughs> well, I do. I do try and comment. I used to write a lot of the blogs, and I still am writing blogs. Um, mm -hmm. But we're trying to get the other guys to write them now as well. So, 
I mean, tell us about your project, why the clients. It's interesting what, what people want to read about too. It's the personal in, interest stuff. So when people, yeah. like, um, that's what I want to see. Don't they? Mm-hmm. And we need to get into more videos as well, the, 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 the personal stories. Um, actually, I was telling the, the guys at work about one of my flatmates, his father had fought in New Guinea as a surveyor. Oh, and wow. how that affected, um, you know, they had to, to set up below the ridge lines, but you can see at the top, otherwise you got shot. And they all came back with their ear and how it took them years to get over that. And, mm-hmm. and one of the environmental scientists said, well, they're the stories you guys should be talking about, the, the human interest stories. Yeah. Um, but we, um, our brain is wide enough to think about that. We're all thinking about the technical stuff because that's the stuff that interests us. But the wider population want to hear the stories. Mm. That's why the soapbox offers on um, shows on TV, not documentaries about like ice road truckers, which are the ones I'm interested in. They want to see the human interest stories. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> how many technical questions did I ask today? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. And this is why you're doing it and I'm not running it. <laughs> I don't care about that. I mean, like, it's interesting and stuff. But it is, uh, yeah. there's yeah. other people that go on about all the whiz-bang technology and what it can do and how you do it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm more I'm more about the people and the person. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And look, really appreciate what you're doing. It's been great. Thank you. This will be one podcast I probably won't listen to though after a bit. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed part two with Mitch. Stay tuned next week for Dr. Glenn Campbell from the University of Southern Queensland.